One thing that could be said about fans when it comes to certain franchises that they love is the appreciation that they have for them. And that appreciation comes through their creativity and imagination. Sometimes that creativity could, do be, could be through a simple fan fiction that they write and share on the internet. And sometimes if they have the resources available to them, it could also come through various animations. Sometimes it also comes through simple fan artwork that they share with, you know, the fan, with fellow fans across the world. As well as it sometimes comes through fellow web comics or web comics that they create that they also share with fans across the world. But one of the biggest examples that I've seen, as I just mentioned, was the animations. And sometimes the animations vary from style to style. Sometimes it's just a simple flash animation that's sort of very sort of similar to what they see in the show that they're a fan of, and sometimes it could also be on par, if not maybe surpass it. And that's really speaking volumes when you end up doing a fan animation that surpasses the animation that's seen in the show that you're a fan of, or the franchise that you're a fan of. Two good examples, in my opinion, are two shows that I've been fans of for a long time. Not as, now, Sonic Sat AM, of course, I've been a fan since the beginning, along with the Archie comics. And My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, I've been a fan of over the past several years. And it was only recently, in the mid-2010s, that I started to really get into it and started to see what people were talking about. Now, with that, all that said, when it comes to fan animations, like I said, they vary from, you know, fan to fan, especially depending on the resources that that fan has available to them. When it comes to Sonic Sat AM, there's two good prime examples, in my opinion. One is Team Season. That's S-E-A numeral 3-O-N and the animation work that they're doing to give us that long-lost third season that a lot of us fans thought we were going to get back in 1995 and unfortunately but unfortunately we didn't get that due to the fact that there were new ABC executives coming in as well as they were in the process I believe of getting ready to sell to Disney and become part of the Walt Disney Company but Team Season is a good example because the animation that they're trying to replicate is basically 95% of the time, because they did sh release a short clip to give us an idea of what we'd be in store for, 95% of the time seems very identical to uh, what we saw originally in the show. And one of the things they're trying to do is replicate that as well as, you know, along, what I'm trying to say is that one of the things they're trying to do is replicate that, and by doing so, they're actually getting, um, I think, um, help, if not some influence, from the original animators of that series. Now with that said, Team Season is not the only ones to produce fan animations showing their appreciation for Sonic Sat AM or even the Archie comics. People like Mark, Delight, uh, Mark Darklighter, I think, that's, I think that's his name, has also done this for several years. One of the big stories that he did was called The Unifier. And a side project was basically focusing on Fiona Fox's redemption. Now, what I mean by that is in the Archie comics, uh, once Ian Flynn took over as the head writer, um, Fiona Fox went from being a good girl to a bad girl, and I guess Mark is deciding he wanted to do a story, which he's continuing today, uh, continuing today, that is, as we speak. He wanted to do a story to where Fiona sees the light, sees the error of her ways, and wants to redeem herself. Now, with that all said, um... There are other animations that fans do sometimes to show their appreciation and love for Sonic Sat AM. And it's not just 
you know, with, uh, it's not just people like Mark Darklighter. There are several others out there. I can't think of their names right now, but I've seen various people use SFM slash CGI animation to show their appreciation uh, for the franchise, for the characters and all that, as well as try to continue maybe or bring closure to um, some animation, uh, some story arcs that were never finished either within the Archie comics of Sonic the Hedgehog or even in the Saturday AM series. But on the other hand, you have My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, and this is a series that honestly, within the past decade, has, show, has gotten more fan, more fan appreciation when it comes to fan animations than I think any show or any franchise has gotten in quite a long time. I mean, I've seen several examples across the board. One of the examples that did catch my peak, did catch my eye, and kind of helped me get into the fandom more so than anything and become a fan of Luna and become a fan of Rarity was The Moon Rises. Now, The Moon Rises was done by an individual called Duo Cartoonist who used Toon Boom Harmony as one of, his, one of the primary resources to create The Moon Rises. But when The Moon Rises came out, a lot of people, even today, compare the animation to being very similar to Don Bluth animation. It's that well done. And the music and everything, you know, really just helps excel it to that next level. Now, there was a follow-up that was done later on. I don't know if Duo Cartoonist had any input on it, but the animation was kind of dumbed down. I wouldn't say dumbed down, but kind of toned down a little bit. It kind of wavered in between... Um, television animation, traditional 2D television animation, and direct-to-video uh, feature animation. That's kind of what it was like. It was basically right in the middle of traditional 2D animation in the made-for-television direct-to-video uh, feature animation. And that was called Children, Children of the Night. And Children of the Night, again, its animation may have been toned down from what we saw in Moon Rises, but it was still good. And like I said, it was the kind of animation that's kind of like on borderline of what you see in an animated series and what you see with a direct-to-video animated film maybe based on that series. And that's what Children of the Night felt like. But Children of the Night and the Moon Rises were not the only ones. Another good example was actually a fan animation featuring fan OCs as a part of it. And that, of course, was the animation that I love Kim Possible a lot. I love KP, uh, I love KP a lot. Uh, did several years ago, showing her appreciation for John Delancey, who voiced the character of Discord in Friendship is Magic. And the animation here was Flash animation, and it felt very identical to what you see in the series. I mean, you could almost mistake it as being part of the series, you know, the way it was done. I mean, she had help from the likes of Anthony C. and several others. It just felt, and the animation, again, like I said, just felt like it came directly out of this, the show itself. And it was that well done. And the musical number, the little no it was a musical. It was a musical short. The musical part was pretty good too. It was pretty catchy as well. But along but along with that though, and Moon Rises and Children of the Night, it wasn't the only animation. Recently, Josh Scorcher, also known as Firebrand, who has his Josh Scorcher channel and his Fab Equestria channel recently released a couple of weeks ago, The Folly of Celestia. Now, I watched The Folly of Celestia. I did a review on it, and I stick by what I say in the review. The animation, just like uh, KP's uh, video in appreciation for John Delancey, feels like it's pulled directly out of the series. 
Now the animation, no disrespect to KP, seems to be done a lot better because this is a project that Josh and those that helped him have been working on for the past several years. And one of the reasons they wanted to work on it was to kind of address a glaring issue that a lot of fans had. Did Celestia know about a lot of the things that she was putting Twilight and Twilight's friends into uh, throughout the seasons when she was sent on quests or missions or whatnot? So, again, the, the animation, like I said, feels like it's pulled directly out of the series. And the story that goes along with it, it really excels it as well. It really helps sell it, helps get you invested because in the end, you find out that the character that pretty much um, is questioning Twilight, questioning Twilight for not questioning why Celestia is always not telling her everything she needs to know, is Twilight herself, but from another realm, you know, from another dimension. You know, and again, it's so well done. And the ending really gets you wanting, is really gets you hoping for someone to do a follow-up um, in the future. And of course, it's also based off a film fiction or fan fiction that Josh did several years prior. Now, with that said, though, with Moon Rises, Children of the Night, KP's video, and uh, The Folly of Celestia all being great contributions uh, by fans to show their appreciation for the franchise and the characters involved in the show overall, that pales in comparison to what I've seen recently. I mean, a lot of people have actually taken that next step to the SFM slash CGI animation route. And one of the basic, biggest examples, I should say, recently was Fallout Equestria. Now, we all know about Fallout Equestria. We know it's an audio drama um, that I think showcased on YouTube on occasions. We know that it's a book series that you get through ministryofimagery.com. But now it's also an animated series or an animated set, if you will, an animated project that's coming to life. How do I know that? Because recently, Equestria Daily promoted the pilot episode, which runs for about 17 and a half minutes, uh, for Fallout Equestria. I watched it, and I was, I was blown away. Because what I saw there was a great, great story with great CGI slash SFM animation. The music they put in there was great. The characters were great. It, from a continuity standpoint, it kind of shows you that it takes place many years in the future. And I think there's a teaser, I can't think of the name right now who's behind this, so I do apologize. But I think there's a teaser showcasing that we'll get in a future version of the main six, known as the Ministry Six. And again, Fallout Equestria, the pilot, which is here on YouTube, you know, catches your attention. You know, it's done so well, I should say, that it grabs your attention and keeps you hooked to the very end. It's that well done. And again, these are just, again, this along with another CGI SFM project that's a Star Trek based pony series that they're trying to bring to life. You know, along with a lot of the CGI SFM, you know, little music videos that they do as well. I mean, that's another thing too. People will actually do CGI SFM music videos featuring songs by already established artists sung by the characters, sung by the main six, sung by the friends, and it's just unbelievable. And again, these are just prime examples of how appreciative the fan the fan base is to something like Friendship is Magic. I mean, you have people even doing animations on one-shot characters like Buttons and Buttons' mom, and it's too... Heck, heck when somebody did the Buttons short, 
the Buttons short and introduces the Buttons mom, Buttons mom became a freaking waifu. Uh, according to according to a lot of people, she became a freaking waifu. And then you have animations, fan animations that focus on Vinyl Scratch, aka DJ Pwn Three, and Octavia Melody. And and again, these are flash an, and these are animations with a flash animation with the animation they fit they utilize. I should say, feels like it comes directly out of the series. Maybe not on par as what you see in the series, but it feels like it comes directly out of it. Basically, it's influenced by it. Uh, overall, again, these are just prime examples of how much the fans love My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, how much they appreciate what is given to them as a whole. But, but, and of course, I can't leave out TF2 analysis, which is basically like a flash animation, which is basically more along the line of... Um, how do I put this? A flash animation is more along the line almost of a of a He-Man, She-Ra kind of thing from the 80s. No disrespect on that, because I know they're trying to improve. Especially with the help of Keyframe. Oh yeah, Keyframe was the... Keyframe, as a matter of fact, Cosmic Keyframe on Twitter. Uh, she was actually one of the people behind Children of the Night from, uh, from an animation standpoint. And I think it's through her that they're trying to get TF2 analysis to that next level animation-wise to make it feel more fluid in its animation, more like, you know, you know, more, uh, more 2D, traditional 2D-like, if you will. And all, all the best luck to her in doing that. But anyway, like I said, even TF2 um, is trying to uh, show their appreciation by doing sort of a hybrid show or series of shorts that combine Team Force's the Team Fortress 2 franchise and MLP, mostly the OC characters created by these people that represent them in T TF2 as well as in the reviews. You know, that's another way they're trying to show their appreciation. Now, however, though, however, though, as I try to fix something there, adjust something there, however, though, sometimes the fan animations and sometimes the fan works overall can kind of tend to be a little out there as well. Uh, excuse me there, excuse me there, <laughs> a little frog in the throat there. But it, sometimes the fan animations on both ends of the spectrum can sometimes be a little out there. Sometimes the fan works overall can be a little out there because sometimes you realize as a fan, only you will be able to make this happen. I'll give you a good example. Um, I would commission people for stories. And one story I commissioned about a couple of years ago uh, was a story where on the Sonic side of things, uh, basically where Sally created this invisibility potion or formula, turned herself invisible, but also allowed her the capabilities to merge with different objects while she was invisible and become that object. Like she would merge with her bed, she would merge with the wall, and when she would do so, her face would appear, but her face would appear in different parts of it. Like when she would merge with the bed, her eyes would be on the pillows, and her mouth would be like on the bed sheet or something like that. And on the wall, her face would disappear with her eyes here and her mouth right under there. Stuff like that. And I know you're thinking that's kind of weird and strange to do a story based around like that. Well, again, commissioning someone to do it for me, you know, it's the only way sometimes I could see something like that occur. Because I think if the writers wanted to, if the writers of Sonic Saturday M wanted to get a little loony toony and crazy, they could do that too. They could do that too. And maybe that's something that Season, Team Season, could look into as a potential story plot or story element plot 
for a future uh, episode that they're going to work on. You know, another example of, of a commission from me when it comes to Sally Acorn, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, was somebody doing a picture of her, you know, after she takes a potion that turns her into a body of fruit. Basically, her whole body is made of a variety of fruits. So what did I do? Did I commission somebody to do a story? No. I just showed my appreciation for the Sonic franchise and for the character by putting a story together that, you know, focused on that, that kind of built upon that picture. But I'm not the only one that does that with these characters. Oh, no. I'm not the only one. Because there's somebody that I follow on DeviantArt. I follow on Twitter. I try to follow through fan fiction and all that. And that is Chaotic Lover 2. Chaotic Lover 2 uh, was introduced to me uh, through, I guess, me searching for stories of the unusual, just searching for stories of the unusual and the weird on DeviantArt and, for, you know, other places as well. And Chaotic Lover, I don't know if he contact, they contacted me or somebody suggested them to me, but they told me about the stories that... But once I got in contact with them, they told me about what they were doing story-wise. And when it comes to a variety of franchises they're fans of, like the All Dog Go to Heaven franchise, My Little Pony, the Alpha Omega series, and most importantly, Sonic the Hitchhawk, Sadie Am, and Archie Comics, one of the things they did, or one of the, stories they would, one of the story elements they would always focus on in some of those, is having some of the female leads gain, permanently or temporarily, elastic powers. Yeah, they would gain temporarily or permanently elastic powers. Think along the lines of Elastic Girl, you know, in The Incredibles. Think along the lines of Plastic Man in DC Comics, Mr. Fantastic at Marvel. You get the idea. Well, basically, uh, Chaotic Lover Two decided that they were going to have Sally be the first character to gain these abilities. Now, later on, they would have other characters like Amy and Loop and a few others gain the abilities as well. But Sally was the first one, and as you read the story, I think it's called The Stretchiest Mobian. I think that's what it's called. I'll have to look it up. Probably provide a link in the description. Um, but when Sally gains these abilities, you know, yeah, she wants to figure out, you know, how, you know, she wants to learn how this happened, you know, you know, try to figure out whether or not it's permanent or temporary. But throughout, but during that time, though, as she's starting to adjust herself to having these powers, she's having a little fun with it she's having fun with it she's you know enjoying the idea that she could shape her body in any shape she wants you know she's really having fun even when her friends are trying to test out you know how durable she is to attacks or whatever she's you know and she's taking it seriously but she's also having fun uh there's one scene in a chapter where she basically mo remodifies or modifies remolds her body reshapes her body to look like a voluptuous, voluptuous, um, sexy-like uh, version of herself, which basically distracts Sonic to the point that she's easily able to defeat him in a, like, sparring contest. But as you read the story later on, you find out she just, you find out that thanks to training with Loop, because she goes with Loop to the Wolfpack uh, clan, or the Wolfpack uh, home, um, that Loop, you know, um, rules over or leads at, and basically, it's during the training that she has with Loop that she realizes and discovers she could do a lot more. One of the things she realizes and discovers that she could do is she could become somebody's outfit. And basically, that by doing so, she can go undetected. 
or she could become someone's costume and basically they could go undetected because they're hidden within inside of her you know basically she's kind of enveloped them so they're wearing her like a costume and so they're able to walk around without being detected um, overall it's an interesting and fun story and like I said later on in the chapters other characters get the same abilities as well but it's not just fan fiction stories like that either sometimes the fan it's not just fan works you know of that like that either that fans show their appreciation sometimes the fan animations not gonna get too much into detail here but depending on where you see them can get really unusual and weird and what I'm talking about is there's animations out there to where, again, just like with fan fiction stories, you can, that basically these animations are the only way you could see these things happen. And let's just say there are animations in, out there that are weird enough that it makes you kind of raise your eyebrow and be like, really? <laughs> so that's why, so that's what you're going to do, you do with this animation, you're, you're this animation program you have, you're just going to you know, put the characters in these kind of weird, unique, you know, you know, uh, WTF scenarios. Okay, whatever. I mean, and they are unusual. They are unusual. Um, again, I'm not going to get into much detail, but let's just say there are certain sites, quotation on those, where you could find these, from what I understand. But overall, in closing, though, guys, just, just to wrap this up, because I know it may sound like I'm rambling to you guys, so I do apologize. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I'm doing this without a script. That's usually how I do my videos and stuff. And my audios, my podcast, if you will. But overall, in closing, guys, you know, these are just prime examples of how fans show their appreciation and love for franchises like, you know, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, G4, and Sonic the Hedgehog, Saturday AM, and the Archie Sonic comics. Because they love the characters, they love the stories that are presented to them, and they feel they can expand more on them than maybe what was utilized and given to them originally. But basically, that's all I can really say. So with that said though guys, let me know what you all think down below. Comment if you like. Thank you all for watching. Uh, support me at the various places you'll find linked in the description box. You know, Patreon, my podcast, um, my secondary channel, Brian's Discussions, helped me to get a Help me get to a thousand subscribers with that and so on. And that's all I can really say, guys. So, till next time, thank you all for watching. Really appreciate it. Stay safe. God bless and take care.